Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to South Suburban. We are, uh, well, let me, let me try and start over, okay? Let me try and start over. God's doing some really cool things, all right? And, and we're going to talk about those in just a second. Um, just in the last couple of months, we've had um, an average of about two guest families every week. We've had people filling out the, um, the salvation cards every single week. Uh, we've baptized seven people. We've received, I think it's nine different families into membership at the church here. It's, like, it's something worthy of, of recognizing that God is moving and God is doing things. So, so I, want you, I want you to take a moment and let that settle in, okay? God's moving. Now, here's, here's the best way for us to start our, our message today, and we're going to come full circle in it at the end. Um, sometimes we don't like to move, okay? Now, it's a nervous laugh because here's the truth of it. Um, when God starts to move, oftentimes what that means is that he's calling us to move on. And let's be really transparent. Let's be honest. We, lots of times, we don't like to move on. We like where we're at. We like where we're at. We like what we've kind of settled into. We like what God um, was doing in that position. But oftentimes when God begins to move, he's actually calling us to move on. And it's not that we don't want to go with God. It's not like we're voting like, nope, not me. God's, God's going and I'm staying here. That's not really where, it, where, where we're trying to settle into here. It's the uncomfortableness of change. And what I want to do as we start today is that I want to say thank you for your resilience in the midst of change. Thank you for your faithfulness to this church body and thank you for your grace to me and to many others here because I really believe that God is honored when you are demonstrating your faithfulness to him and your desire for unity and health within the body. So, so as, we, as we get ready to, to step forward here, I want to say thank you. And we, we kind of applauded ourselves a little bit ago because we uh, gave money. Now, listen, that's no little thing. That's no little thing. We applauded ourselves when we gave money. But there's actually a, a greater celebration that we ought to um, join together in, and that is the faithfulness and commitment to what God is doing at your church. Can we take a moment and, and congratulate? Like, just to say, okay, listen, you're encouraging one another in this. I'm not asking you to applaud for yourself, like, yay me, good, good going. <laughs> but you're encouraging one another. God is moving. The question is, are we ready to move on? So the reality is that God wants to move us. He wants to move you. He actually wants to, scripture says, he wants to change you. It's not because he doesn't like you or he doesn't love you. In fact, he loves you so much that he wants to change you. He wants to shape you into the image of his son. And we talked about that a couple of weeks ago, but that actually is the Lord's desire to develop you and to grow you. There's this central passage of scripture found in 2 Corinthians that we're gonna use in this transformed campaign. We're gonna talk about that a little bit more today. 2 Corinthians 3, 
uh, verse 18, if you'd follow along with me, it says, as God's spirit works within us, we are being transformed to become more like Christ. And this change from one degree of glory to another or one level of maturity to the next, it comes from the Lord. That's God's plan. It's his desire for us is to, to transform us. And, and I, I guess this would be somewhat of a rhetorical question. You don't have to answer this out loud. But are we ever, are we ever done changing? No. Well, we can answer it out loud then. What the heck, right? <laughs> Come on. Next question. Are you ever, is it ever too soon to start changing? No. Listen, it's, it's a call of God on all believers. God wants to shape you continually he he wants to transform you and and it's not um it's not like again it's not like he doesn't love you where you are it's that he loves you so much that he refuses to leave you there because god always has more and more and more for you and that's part of the central theme of this whole campaign in fact jesus said that he came to bring abundant life for you now that sounds good doesn't it I don't know exactly everything that that entails, but abundant life sounds really good. In fact, Jesus' desire is not that we would just survive in life, but that we would thrive in life. My kids, as they were learning how to swim, um, they, all three of them, got stuck in this phase called the doggy paddle. <laughs> you know what doggy paddling is? It's just keeping your head above water. It's just maintaining, it's doing a whole lot of work to just stay still. There's a lot of people who just doggy paddle through life. They find Jesus and they say, here I am, I made it, and then they just doggy paddle for the next, I don't know, 30 years, 40 years. That is not at all what God called you to. Listen, and it's, it's not exciting. If, you ever, if you've ever doggy paddled, in a swimming pool and everybody else is playing and having fun, that, that's not the life that God called you to. Jesus said abundant life. And he actually, uh, here, here we go, okay, full circle. He has to move you in order to get you there. So when we are sometimes resistant to change and resistant to God moving things because we don't want to move on, we fail to actually move into the abundant life. That God has for us. And so that's part of what we have to kind of reconcile in ourselves. We have to come to terms in our own life. Do we really want that? Or are we content with where we are and what we're doing? A lot of people in the culture today would call that status quo. I call it doggy paddling. I don't, that's not what God's called you to. And that's not what this campaign is about. This campaign is about being transformed. And so Jesus wants to move you into that abundant life. And, and we talked a couple of weeks ago about seven key areas in life where God wants you to experience abundant life. And these are not, they're not little areas. They're significant. And we're going to check those out in a bit more detail in just a few moments. But before we do, we need to establish something. And this is really important. It's going to be our our guiding point, or what you might call our true north. What are we going to align ourselves with when we talk about these seven key areas of life? Well, what we're doing in this campaign is that we're looking at what God's word says. The inspired, infallible, 
authoritative word of God. That means that scripture is what we call it. We call it God's word. It, it's his word to us. It's 100% true and it's the ultimate authority in life. In fact, it's as true and applicable today as it was when it was written thousands of years ago. Culture always changes. And, and since the time of, let's say, the New Testament, culture has changed hundreds of times. Not two or three times. Hundreds of times that culture shifts. In fact, they say that culture changes on an average of every one and a half years now, which means about the time that you finally learned it, it's old. Culture is shifting all the time. Vernacular is changing all the time. Words that used to mean certain things don't mean those things anymore. Words that your kids use, you have no idea what they mean because they're made-up words that now found themselves in the dictionary, right? Listen, vernacular changes all the time as well, but the principles of God's word, they don't. They're unchanging. Now that is comforting because there's something that I can learn in my life it's going to be there forever. It's going to be, I would have thought that I would have gotten an amen on that. <laughs> Does that not give you comfort? There's something that you can apply to your life that is steadfast. Unchanging. That's good news. So, what scripture says is right and true is still right and true today. What scripture says is sin and wrong is still sin and wrong today. And it's true that, that we all look to many different people and many different organizations for input and for guidance in our life. But scripture is to be the ultimate authority for man to live by. So I want you to hear me on this. If anything contradicts scripture, it's not of God. That seems like a no-brainer. It really seems like a Captain Obvious statement. If something contradicts Scripture, it's not of God. But it means this, we don't want to align ourselves to it. It's not our true north. We have absolutely no business basing our direction on something that's contrary to Scripture. And so one of the first commitments that we have to make is to the authority of God's Word in our lives. It's true and it's life. It's fundamental. It's foundational. You'll remember a couple of weeks ago, I talked about this biblical pattern for transformation. And we put this in your notes today because I want you to be able to take this home with you. You'll see this here. The first thing that we have to do is learn the truth about these different areas of our life. Uh, so learn the truth of God's word. And then we align our, our thinking to the truth. We have to line up with that. And then we get rid of things in our lives that contradict or compromise the truth. We're talking about like taking out the trash and getting rid of stuff, right? And then you surround yourselves with encouragement and support of the truth. And that was when we talked about community. And then lastly, but most importantly, you apply the truth to your life and you believe God to bring transformation. This is a biblical pattern of transformation. And we're going to keep it in front of us during this campaign. So there's seven topics. And I mentioned those briefly. It was just a list that I read a couple of weeks ago. I, I want us to take 
a little bit more time and look at it. We're still going to, like, this is still like a 30,000-foot level here, okay? We're still looking down. What are these seven areas? What do they involve? And again, I, these are in your notes today because I want you to be able to take these home with you and, and process these. How many of you guys like to know what's coming? Oh, listen, this church wants, likes to know what's coming. Be honest. <laughs> Let me ask this. How many of you guys love surprise and change? Okay, there's four of you. All right. Listen, I'm telling you what's coming. There's seven things that we're going to talk about over the course of the next couple of months. I would really love for you to process some of this stuff before we jump into it so that you can, you can be ready to say, what is God's word say about this. So there's seven areas. In this campaign, we're going to start by looking at what God's Word says about spiritual health. Spiritual health. What does it mean to live a life that honors God? Have you ever asked yourself that question? What does it mean for me to live a life that's honoring to the Lord? What does God desire most from us? And when Scripture calls us to love the Lord with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind, and all of our strength, what does that look like? And how do we develop it? How can we nurture that in our lives? Next, we're going to look at physical health. Scripture tells us that our body is a temple of the Spirit of God. And here's what I wrote down, because this is what I felt like God has shown me over the years. Many believers are more concerned with taking care of the church buildings than their own bodies. Listen, God created your body. Jesus died for it. The Spirit lives within it. You need to take care of it. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 says, Don't you realize your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? In week three... We're going to focus on what God's word says about mental health. The mind has been called the great battlefield of the soul. It's where the enemy does most of his work. It's where his primary focus seems to be and where he fights the hardest. And it's where mankind often struggles the most in our thinking. But scripture tells us that God's desire is for us to be strong and healthy in our minds. That sounds pretty good, doesn't it? I've heard this term when I was a school teacher. I heard it a lot, lame brain. God doesn't want you to be a lame brain. Okay, here's what scripture says. 2 Timothy 1 verse 7 tells us, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Listen, that's God's desire for you to be strong and healthy in your thinking and in your minds. In fact, Scripture tells us God wants us to have the mind of Christ. So that's his calling, week three. This is week four now. We're going to look at God's desire for your emotional health. Did you know that God gave you emotions? It actually wasn't the devil. God gave you emotions, and he gave them to you for a reason, but it wasn't to rule our lives with a roller coaster of feelings. That was not God's plan at all. So the question is, what do healthy emotions look like? In the New Testament, God tells us that he desires for us to be balanced in our emotions and to have a controlled spirit. 
Think about that. What's a controlled spirit look like? That's what scripture talks about, and we're going to dive into that in week four. Week number five, what God's word says about relational health. Listen, you know this. Everything in life comes down to relationships. Relationships will either fuel life or it will fizzle life. And you know this to be true because everything else in your world could be going great, but if your key relationships are bad, life is bad. Most Americans admit to struggling in their relationships, that they don't know how to have healthy relationships. And yet scripture tells us, Romans 12, verse 18, it says, do all that you can to live at peace with everyone. And there's some biblical principles here that we're going to look at in this regard. Week number six now, we're going to talk about financial health financial health. I think we all recognize that God has entrusted us with certain resources, and Jesus taught that we're going to be accountable for those. How did we steward those resources? So the question is, what do you do with the money? (laughs) We've got plans on what to do with the money. I'm not asking you that question. We're looking at the Word of God. What does God's Word say that our responsibility is with our finances? How do we manage it well? Are we really being good stewards of what God has placed in our control? And lastly, week number seven, we're going to look at what God's word says about vocational health. Did you know that there is a significant difference between a career and a calling? And yet God's word tells us that he, is, he has called us. So what does... This, how do you fulfill God's calling in your workplace? Because as Christ followers, we are called to be the very best workers and leaders in our vocation. The Old Testament tells us that God has given each one of us skill and ability and knowledge to do all kinds of work. And then in the New Testament, it tells us that in all that we do, we're to do it to the glory of God. So God has he's equipped us. Uh, Look at the person next to you and say, you got skills. (laughs) Listen, God gave you skills for a reason. He gave you skills. I heard some people saying, like, you got bow hunting skills and Napoleon Dynamite skills, right? Um, God gave you skills. He, He put gifts inside of you. And there is a, there's a responsibility that we have with those. Most people tap into those skills and they build a career out of it and that career makes them a lot of money and that is tapping into those skills but God has something that's actually bigger than that. It doesn't exclude that. God's not saying like, no, 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 you can't make any money. That's actually not God's desire at all. It's that he could bless you through your vocation and then again, you are now responsible as a steward of what God's given you. What what does it look like in your calling with this vocation? So these are the the seven key areas that we're going to be journeying through together. And here's where we have to get. Okay, we're going back to the very beginning again. We have to be willing to move. No matter how old you are, how young you are. No matter how detailed your life plan is. How many of you guys have ever, you've, you've created a life plan? I do, I do life plans all the time. I'll do financial plans, a five-year plan. I'll do like, a, mine are all five-year plans. 
too much changes within five years, right? Five-year plans for, for life, life goals and stuff. We have to be willing to say, no matter what we've put on paper, we're going to go with God's plan. Now, some of you guys are going to have to wrestle with that for a few minutes, okay? No matter what you have put on paper as your goals and your plans for life, you have to get to the point where you say, push it in and you say, but God, I'm going with your plan. I'm going with your plan because God's plan is to actually grow us and to shape us. And sometimes that means stretching us and moving us. But his, his desire is that he shapes us into the image of his son, Jesus. And so that's what, again, this seven weeks is going to be focused on. And I want to take a moment now. We're going to shift gears uh, in, the, in the sermon here because I want to take some time now to talk about two commitments that I'm, at, I'm going to ask you to make for others in, during this campaign. So this is, these are two commitments to help others during this campaign because I believe this is going to open a door for God to actually bless the work that he wants to ignite in you. The first commitment is to invite others to this campaign. As we, as we read through those seven key life areas, my, my initial desire is that you were looking at those selfishly and you were saying, I need this, I need this, I need to grow here, I need to hear what God's word says about that. But my second desire is that you would actually be thinking of other people as well. People that you work with, people who live across the street, maybe it's a relative or a friend, that you would say, I know they need some biblical counsel in one, at least one of these seven life areas. And I want to encourage you, in your bulletin today, there's two invitation cards, two invite cards for the church. I want to encourage you to take those with you, to pray and be intentional in inviting somebody to join you. Don't hand them a card and say, you need to get your life together, so go to South Suburban. <laughs> it's not going to work, okay? But that you would take a card and you would say, would you join me for this transformed series? We're going to talk about these key areas where God, he wants to bless us. He wants us to thrive. Would you join me for that? It's seven weeks long. Research has shown over the last 20 years that people who don't attend church will respond and attend church more at a higher percentage rate if they're, if, like you, if they know what they're getting into. It's not just a blind invitation of just come with me. Listen, they don't know any of you guys. They've never been in this building, but when you let them know what we're covering, it helps with kind of some answering some questions. They know what they're coming to. And so it's, it's powerful when you invite people to a campaign or to a series and you say, come with me. We're going to tackle this stuff together. So I'm going to encourage you in that. In the next, um, in the next week or so, we're also going to uh, have some opportunities for you to invite people through social media. And that'll be on our Facebook page and probably a link in our e-newsletter as well so that you can share and invite through social media as well. Um, but again, that you would be intentional. And in, in, in doing that, you play an instrumental role in their transformation. Have you ever played a role in somebody's eternity? Just think about that. You ever played a role in somebody's eternity where you shared with them 
the love of Christ. You pointed them to some scripture. You prayed with them and you encouraged them. If you've done that, you've played a role in their eternity. There's nothing in this world that compares. And so I want to encourage you to take this seriously, to be intentional and to say, if there were two people that I could bring with me and I could play a role in their eternity, who would that be? It's not that this church has magic powers or I have magic powers, that they're going to come and be transformed. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about inviting them to an opportunity where they get to hear the truth of God and apply it to their lives and see God do something absolutely fantastic. Okay, the second commitment is to serve others during this campaign. There is something that happens in us when we begin to serve. When we begin to serve, God gains access to areas of our life that he didn't have before. It, it taps into something very powerful. And so I want to encourage you to take a moment here in the next few minutes to look over, there's a serve card in your bulletin. In fact, when you walked in today, you probably noticed there was a lot of stuff in your bulletin. Um, in fact, I saw people walking and stuff was just falling out and it just kept falling. There's so much stuff in that bulletin today, um, but we're, we're looking at all of it. Uh, there's a serve card in there. And, and here's what I want to say before you, before you get too focused on the serve card. I want you to hear me on this, okay? When you, I, I don't know, I don't know how all of this works, but when you open yourself up and you start to serve others, it gives God access to your life in a powerful way. And when you're wanting God to, to do something amazing inside of you, one of the best things you can do is begin to serve others because it puts down selfishness. Selfishness. And it begins to lift up the value of others around you. And it gives God an opportunity to do something powerful in your life. Yes, God's going to, he's going to do stuff through you. But he's going to do stuff in you at the same time when you begin to serve. And we're going to look at this card here. Um, it, as we go through this card, if there's something that piques your interest, I want to encourage you. Maybe God stirs you in this. Just check the box and we'll get in touch with you to share more information about that ministry. So again, I want to clarify, this is not a commitment card. This is an interest card. So if you're sitting there and you're like, I'm not ready to commit, fine. That's not what I'm asking you for. If you're interested, check the box. We'll get in touch with you in just the next couple of days and share some information on here to help you get plugged in during this campaign. <clears throat> so this isn't an exhaustive list of opportunities here, but it's some immediate opportunities. You can get plugged in right now during this campaign. First one listed on your card is the hospitality team. <clears throat> this, this team, fo their focus is hosting people in the foyer. So from the greeters at the front door to uh, the people at the welcome center to the, my very best friends in this whole world, I call them baristas, um, people at the coffee cafe. Listen, you kind of joke about that, but I will tell you there's a whole generation of people who if you will give, offer them a cup of coffee, it just calms so much when, when they're new to a situation. Um, if you want to share the love of Jesus, when he talked about living water, I think he was talking about coffee. I think that's what Jesus was talking about. Don't 
Pastor Joe, don't look it up. I don't think you need to. <laughs> All right, so hospitality team. Um, if you're interested in one of those areas, just check that box. And in fact, you might even circle which specific area you're interested in. And we'll reach out uh, to you this next week. The next one is worship. You see this group on the platform every week. Um, it's listed as, as vocals and um, band and choir. Uh, probably should clarify it's actually singing vocals, not speaking vocals, because how many of you guys are like me? Um, you've got vocals, they're just not singing vocals. <laughs> Come on, be honest. This is your time to respond and encourage me. All right. Um, if you, if you want to be a part of that, just check the box, circle that area, we'll get in touch with you. The next one is production. These are the guys who work behind the scenes to make services happen uh, each week. The audio, video team, photography, stage crew. If you've been in here between services, you see the stage crew just working, um, getting stuff set and ready to go, and we're so grateful to them. If you want to be a part of that, check that box. Next is our small groups, and we spoke about this very briefly last week, about what it is to lead a small group. We talked about the value of community and, and, and encouraging one another in going after the truth of God. But what does it mean to lead a small group? Some of you guys may say, I'm not a teacher. That's fine. You know what one of the most powerful roles you could play in a small group or in a class, whatever you'd, you, your vernacular is for it, is what I would call a host. Somebody who, who greets people, welcomes them into the group or into the class and helps them just feel comfortable and helps them find their, their seat and find the stuff. Um, maybe, you, maybe you feel like God's given you a, a gift of teaching. Um, that's another great opportunity there. And so check that box. Now, the last two, these are some of my favorites here, and you're going to see why. Kids ministry, one of the most fruitful ministries um, in, in just globally, uh, but definitely here at South Suburban as well. When you get uh, one of these little kids, you have an opportunity to... Uh, to encourage them and direct them to, to seek the Lord. Listen, here's, here's the truth that we know about this. These kids, they don't have all the garbage and baggage that you and I do. Let's be honest, okay? They have like this pure, unfiltered line with God that you could play such a huge role in shaping them. And I know that most of the time in churches, when you say, kids ministry, people think of screaming babies in a nursery. That's not what we're talking about here. I had three kids and all three of them were screaming kids in the, in the nursery at one time or another. Um, but we're talking about shaping and molding young lives. And there's a lot of different opportunities to do that in kids ministry here, whether you, you serve as a, a greeter at one of the check-in areas for, for new families, or maybe you, you're willing to lead games or assist a teacher or, or be a teacher in one of the classrooms. There's great opportunities for that. Student ministry, again, one of the most impactful opportunities here at South Suburban. But, but I will warn you, if you see the life of a young person transformed, it's addictive. You won't want to stop. Because when you see God get a hold of them and you know that you played a role in that, there is nothing short of this side of heaven there's nothing that compares to that. And there's a lot of opportunities for you to get plugged in to student ministry. So check that box. Um, and here's what I'm going to ask of you, okay? We've gone through it very briefly. If, if there's something that piques your interest during the span of this campaign, we're talking about a couple of months here of serving. My, my hope is that you'll do it for a couple of months. You'll kind of dip your toe into it and you'll go, I kind of like this. Do I have to stop? Well, the answer is no. But what we're asking 
is that you would just make a, a commitment for a couple of months during this campaign to say, I'll serve one of these areas. Help me get plugged in and let me, let me do something. Let me start using the gifts that God has given me. So you take this card, check that box, kind of like what Pastor Spencer said earlier. If you don't put your name at the top, it's kind of pointless. It defeats the purpose on this. So make sure you share some contact info. We'll get back in touch with you very quickly in the next few days because we want to see you get plugged in uh, to this ministry as quickly as possible. And as you leave service today, some of our... Um, some of our, our volunteers from our hospitality team are actually going to be at the doors with baskets. And here's what I'd like you to do. I'd like you to take this card, drop it in the basket as you leave. If for some reason you get past one of them and you still want to drop the card off, there's a basket at the Welcome Center that you could do that too. You could drop in there as well. And again, we'll, we'll get back in touch with you, see if we can get you plugged in. So here we go. We're going to wrap it up. We're going to start to close, Okay. Um, that means it gives me at least five minutes before I actually have to close. We're starting to close right here. Um, I'm really excited about going through this campaign together. As we, as we get ourselves into a place, and it may take some time, as we get ourselves to a place where we say, God, I, um, as uncomfortable as it is, I actually want you to move me. I want you to shape me. I want you to shape me. I want you to mold me and, and to stretch me. And that may not be something that you can say right now in your seat. You may be arguing with yourself right now as I'm talking about that. You, you hear in your mind saying, don't do it. Don't sign anything. Don't check any of those boxes. Uh-uh. <laughs> don't do it. Here's what I want to encourage you guys, and just once more, if you will get to a place where you say, God, I want what you have more than anything in this world. I want to follow your plan for my life more than I follow anything else in this world. I want to be shaped by you more than anything else in this world. If you can get yourself to that place, you position yourself for God to do something absolutely amazing in your life and that's his desire for you i'm not trying to pressure you i'm not trying to say that you're a poor christian if you don't do this i'm saying don't settle for doggy paddling through life it was never his intention for you he's got greatness he's got it for you and that's what we want to go after but we have to do it together we've got to do this as a church body and we're going to do this during this campaign, if you are here today and you recognize that this, this life that we're talking about is something that you'd love to be a part of, but maybe you've never said yes to Jesus to start with, you have to recognize that the first part of living this abundant life that Jesus talked about is actually giving him control. It's saying, okay, you've got the reins, you're the one who's going to lead. And if you've never done that, today I just want to give you an opportunity to. Very short prayer, but a very significant one. So I'm going to ask everybody to just take a moment here. If you'd bow your head, close your eyes. This is a holy moment between you and God right now. If you're here today and you're ready to just say yes to Jesus, I want to invite you to just pray this prayer with me. You can pray, God, I thank you. I thank you for loving me 
unconditionally. I thank you for loving me completely. And as we begin this season of asking you for transformation, God, I want to start by giving you control of my life. And so, Jesus, please forgive me of my sin and come into my life as my Lord and my Savior. I ask that you would give me the strength to follow you now and all of my days. Amen. Amen. Hey, let's take a moment and congratulate those who prayed that prayer this morning for the first time. Just a minute, we are going to close. Um, we're going to transition into a, a time of, of communion. And uh, after communion, uh, we're going to have some of our elders at the church here, some of our spiritual leaders who are going to be up here for, for prayer. And, and basically, it's, it's an invitation for you to have somebody agree with you in prayer for anything that you're facing in life. Maybe you're facing sickness, or maybe it's a financial need, or maybe it's just you need peace. We believe that God, uh, he is above all of our circumstances. In fact, the book of Psalms says that he sits above the flood. He looks down on this, this world that sometimes feels like it's swirling around us. And you feel like that some days. But God is actually enthroned above that. And he's the one that we want to go to. And so I want to encourage you, if you're in one of those positions today, to take advantage of that opportunity. And uh, our elders will be up here in a few minutes to pray for you. And if you check that yes box, in fact, um, I need to tell you about the yes box, okay? If you prayed that prayer with me um, about saying yes to Jesus, on the back of your connection card is a yes box. And I want to encourage you to take a moment right now and just check that box. We have people do it every single week in our services. They're just saying, I, I said yes to Jesus. It gives us as a church an opportunity to be the church, to pray for you, to encourage you, to surround you, to strengthen you. And so I want to encourage you, check that box, and here's what you could do with it. You could drop it with one of our prayer teams up here, or you could drop it uh, in the foyer at our Welcome Center. There's a box for that, and we'll take them some time to, to reach out to you and just continue to pray for you in your journey with the Lord. And so we're going we're gonna to close, okay? Here we go. An opportunity to, to pray, to align ourselves and say, okay, God, we're ready for transformation. Would you bow your head and pray with me as we close today? Lord, we, we look to you right now, and God, we thank you for being alive and active in our lives. And God, even as uncomfortable as it may sound in our minds right now, God, we still ask that you would grow us, that you would move us, that you would shape us into the image of your son, Jesus. And we pray these things in his name and all God's people said, amen. When Jesus was on earth with us, he said the words of himself.